0: Julian of Norwich says this fine and lovely word mother is so sweet and so much its own that it cannot properly be used of any but Jesus and of her who is his own true mother and ours. In essence, motherhood means love and kindness, wisdom, knowledge, goodness. Last week, Julian of Norwich had the last word. This week it seems right that on Mother's Day she has the first word due to her innovative reflections on Jesus as mother. It feels a bit cringeworthy as a dad to attempt speaking about motherhood, let alone attributing motherhood to a man, even Jesus, and I wouldn't dare had not Julian charted the way. Suffice to say, A mother brings forth new life with blood, water, pain, vulnerability. And so does Christ usher in new life for us through those same mediums as well. I can't be sure that those listening will necessarily have had a positive experience of their mother. And the very word, when dressed up in religious language might still cause twinges of pain. Much like the word father, when used of God, can tap into people's experience of bad fathering. And without children of her own, Julian may not have known the sometimes agonising difficulty of parenthood, nor what it is like to have your children rebel, or the joy and terror Of watching them grow and become their own people. What I'm trying to say is, however this day, Mother's Day sits with you, I respect that. Jesus' mother, Mary, would have known motherhood well in all its ambiguity, watching her son, flesh of her flesh, yet true God from true God, growing. Learning, teaching, ministering, healing, feeding, reconciling, forgiving, hurting, dying, gone and yet alive forevermore. His mother, Our Lady, the first one to conceive Christ in her heart, as well as her womb, is arguably the most faithful disciple. It's interesting to contrast her with, say, Peter, rock of the early church, often given pride of place amongst the disciples. So we'll leave Mother's Day for the moment, except to express our thanks and love to our mothers, stepmothers, mothers-in-law, and all those people who have mothered us in some way and ask for God's grace to be with them all in the joys and hardships of mothering. But back to Peter. We have two readings today, which involve him. One being the letter in his name, and also the gospel according to John. When we start the gospel reading at, do not let your hearts be troubled. There is a risk we miss seeing Who is there being addressed and why? We hear from Thomas and Philip in what follows, but don't forget Peter. Read back through chapter 13. You have Jesus washing his disciples' feet, giving them the new commandment to love one another as he loved them. But also, crucially, the prediction of betrayal and denial Indeed, those two verses just preceding chapter 14 finish with Peter saying, I will lay down my life for you. With Jesus answering, Will you? Very truly, I tell you, before the cock crows, you will have denied me three times. It's devastating. But this leads straight into, do not let your hearts be troubled, and the rest of what we heard. That is a stunning continuation of the discussion. If Peter was left reeling from the prediction of his denial, how might he have felt with those words which followed? Unworthy? Overwhelmed? Grateful? We know, of course, that Peter's denial did go ahead, just as Jesus said, and that he experienced reconciliation with Jesus after the resurrection, and we know that he went on to become a prominent leader in the early church. And in some form, likely edited by his students along the way, we have some of his correspondence, his letters It does need to be acknowledged at this point that some parts of this letter have been misused to justify such atrocities as slavery, as well as some of the worst systems of government and leadership because of its apparent claims of the divine rights of those institutions. Those are very real concerns and need examination in their own right At another time. Just to say, if we are going to be serious students of the Bible and listen carefully for God's Spirit working through the text, it takes a bit of work. If it didn't, we would all agree and get along nicely all the time. At the very least, it should give us pause when Peter says something like, accept the authority of governors, and honour the emperor, when a Roman governor, Pontius Pilate, had Jesus killed, and the emperor in question oversaw an unpopular regime in Judean territory. But that's just an interesting aside to explore another time. What I want to get at is the kind of God we are encountering in Jesus, the God with us who, when in the face of betrayal and denial, says, do not let your hearts be troubled. The kind of God that invites us to pray our Father, a God who is also related to as Mother, as in, How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, which Jesus says in the gospel according to both Matthew and Luke. In the first chapter of Genesis, it says, In the image of God, we were created. Male and female were we created. And in the book of the prophet Isaiah, God says, Can a woman forget her nursing child or show no compassion for the child of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. So we can appreciate where Philip is coming from when he asks Jesus, Lord, show us the Father. And I think it's fine to hear the word Father and think, Creator, Maker, Birther, Divine Parent. The response which follows indicates that if you have seen Jesus, you have seen the God who he calls Father. Or to put it in the words of Bishop John Taylor, we find that God is Christlike, and in him there is no unchristlikeness. At all. At this point, I would rather leave you to reflect for yourselves on how this experience of God sits with you. There's a fair bit to pray through God as Father, as Mother, the love of God, the care, the discipline, and so on. To help channel that reflection, I leave you with a poem because I think sometimes that is the most appropriate form of speech or words to explore the depths of God's word. And This poem is called God as Mother by Alison Woodard as part of a podcast called The Liturgists based in Los Angeles, California and permission has been sought to use this poem. She writes, To be a mother is to suffer, to travail in the dark, stretched and torn, exposed in half naked humiliation, subjected to indignities for the sake of new life. To be a mother is to say, This is my body broken for you. And in the next instant, in response to the created's primal hunger. This is my body. Take and eat. To be a mother is to be self empty, to neither slumber nor sleep. So attuned you are to cries in the night, offering the comfort of yourself and assurances of I'm here. To be a mother is to weep over the fighting and exclusions and wounds your children inflict on one another, to long for reconciliation and brotherly love, and, when all is said and done, to gather all parties, the offender and the offended, into the folds of your embrace and to whisper in their ears that they are beloved. To be a mother is to be vulnerable, to be misunderstood, railed against, blamed for the heartaches of the bewildered children who don't know where else to cast the angst they feel over their own existence in this perplexing universe. To be a mother is to hoist onto your hips those on whom your image is imprinted, bearing the burden of their weight, rejoicing in their returned affection, delighting in their wonder, bleeding in the presence of their pain. To be a mother is to be accused of sentimentality one moment and injustice the next to be the receiver of endless demands, absorber of perpetual complaints, reckoner of bottomless needs. To be a mother is to be an artist, a keeper of memories past, weaver of stories untold, visionary of lives looming ahead. To be a mother, is to be the first voice listened to and the first disregarded, to be a mender of broken creations and comforter of the distraught children whose hands wrought them. To be a mother is to be a touchstone and the source, bestower of names, influencer of identities, life giver, life shaper, empath, healer, and original love.